Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. My name is Jeff Love, along with my coworker Jordan Bianchi. We are motorsports writers for the Athletic, and Jordan right now is at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in one of Roger Penske's fancy podcast booths that he uh, built for the media. Uh, I think during the pandemic, and uh, hopefully Jordan is not bothering the entire media center. I just I just saw you had to put in your earphones there, Jordan. So maybe I was bothering the entire media center before I- you. Put- I figured I'd just be better safe than sorry. So, okay. You know. All right. They, Nobody they wants are, to. They are beautiful rooms, but for some reason they left like the top of them with. Yeah. The know. ceiling's open. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm not, I'm not questioning Roger Penske's decisions or anything, but it seems a little questionable. Well, you got to have air, Jordan. You have a lot of hot air in, when you talk on the podcast. So <laughs> that is very true. you got to have the air. The air has got to go somewhere. It's got to go somewhere, Jordan. Very true. Uh, but listen, uh, wow. This is, uh, this, I've been anxiously awaiting this conversation uh, to talk to you about this race, the Indianapolis road course race. Man, there's a lot to uh, take away from this one, to talk about from this one. Uh, first of all, Jordan, your impressions of Michael McDowell, Michael McDowell winning at Indianapolis motor speedway, winning his way into the playoffs. We knew he was having a good year. We knew he was going to be in playoff contention. He not only is, (laughs) you know, has a great race. He goes out there, dominates the race, has the best car and wins. Wow. What a day. This isn't supposed to happen in NASCAR, right? I mean, um, a mid-sized team goes to a road course and just not only just wins but straight up beats everybody down where it was not even a question this doesn't happen like it's, it reminds me of some of eric jones's win last year at darlington but even that race a lot of things kind of happened to put jones in that position that was a lot of attrition you know kyle bush martin truex jr not that he didn't deserve it he did but it wasn't like this this was this was unfathomable and he, they've had a great season great season but to come here and do this and when they did i just this was I, impressive isn't the right word because it feels like it's it's underselling it i just if this was a standout performance and you can say what you want about you know his career and you know he's out we've always thought he was capable of this but he did it. it's not more longer capable he showed today that he can do it yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, because we, we talk a lot about even when we're looking ahead to the road courses. Well, this guy could win. Well, this guy could win. You know, they're capable if everything falls the right way on the right day. You know, the strategy. It wasn't even one of those cases where, you know, everything just worked out for him. Like no. he had the best car. He did the best job of driving today. He deserved that win. That race went was about as pure as you can ever get for a NASCAR race. No stage breaks. One caution. It was really, really early in the race. They run almost Lap the two. entire race green. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and people got a shot at him, you know, the 99 team was going to have a shot at him. 
And who was it that had the bad pit stop? Not the 34 team with the underfunded pit crew, you know, you'd think so to speak, or the, you know, the, the, yeah. the not top tier, the 99 team with Trackhouse, who Trackhouse has great pit crews. They, they blinked in that situation, right? Then you have Chase Elliott, seven time road course winner, chasing him down. And again, even, even, you know, going into this race or even during this race, you're thinking, all right, at least I was Chase Elliott. Hendrick Motorsports car, elite driver. At some point, he's going to catch the front row motorsports car. He's going to pass it. And nothing against McDowell. It's just that, like, again, you're going to say Chase Elliott with Hendrick Motorsports or Michael McDowell with front row and and put them on a, 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 on a course for a, a 40 lap or whatever it was, duel, where they're within two seconds of each other. Who's going to win? I'm going to tell you Chase Elliott and Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah. No, it didn't happen. Michael McDowell, front row. They kicked everybody's butt today. We talked about the road course ringers, world class, all the stuff. Front row motorsports and Michael McDowell were the class of the field today. The best performance of Michael McDowell's career. Look, again, he talked about it too a little bit in the post-race press conference. Daytona 500, great. I mean, look, that kudos to him. Like you, You're never going to take a shot at the Daytona 500, but we all know Winning the Daytona 500 is a lot of circumstances at times. The way he won it, the two cars in front of him wrecked that year. Teammates. He (laughs) drove through the middle and he won, which is great. Look, he was in the right position. But this one, he went out and absolutely earned it. Um, I was glad that there wasn't some weird fluky, you know, NASCAR signature type thing at the end there uh, that would have put some wrinkle, this changes everything, caution. We got to see a race just simply play out and the best driver and the best car won today. Great. I mean, he he deserved it and he won it. We talk a lot about old school races and, and what it constitutes a good race and everything. This was kind of, in a lot of respects, an old school race, right? Just a driver and team putting a whooping on, on, a, on the field and doing so in a race without cautions. I mean, without... You know, only one caution, which happened on lap two. This was this felt like a very much a throwback race. This felt like a, a road course race you see so many times in sports cars or other forms of racing. There was nothing to this today. I mean, it was just, he made it look easy, and it wasn't anything but. But at no point did he blink. You know, even at times when he had cars around him, you know, with Suarez and and Elliott, he he never he didn't put pressure on himself. He just executed. And this was a near. I guess I don't even say near perfect. This was a perfect performance for him and a perfect weekend for that team where they unload, they the fast in practice, they back it up and qualifying and then come the race. They, they, they go out and win. It's like, this is, this is good as it gets. This was, I, I am just, I don't want to say blown away, but I am just, I am in awe of what we saw today by this team. Like this is not what they're supposed to do. Look, I mean, you can say all day that, you know, Hey, one caution and, you know, there was no lead change late and he dominated. And I get people are saying that I'm looking on X.com, whatever we're supposed to call this website now. Um, and you know, I, I see the reactions are flowing through. There's, they're streaming blue through. And, and some people are, are sort of agreeing with me that, Hey, it was a good race and naturally played out and nice. And, you know, um, and other people are like, nah, it was too boring. Like, you know, you didn't see the the wrecking and the lead change and all that stuff. For me, there was, th- this race was super, super compelling because of who was up there. Number one, Michael McDowell with only one career win in over 450 starts, 
trying to cap off this sort of long, long, long excruciating building process for front row motorsports, a team that we don't really consider to be even sort of like a B level team, right? Like, um, and, and could he do that? Then you have Chase Elliott. And as much as we've talked about Chase Elliott, uh, this year, can he win? Can he point his way in? He was in position. He had a shot, you know, he, he was, this was the best he's run probably since he came back. Um, you know, he looked like himself again yeah. today. I thought, um, he was there. And if Michael McDowell would have made sort of one mistake, I think Chase would have been right in the picture and able to capitalize. Um, and he needed to win so bad. Then you had the Suarez thing and, and he was up there even better than third for a long time. Um, and, and, you know, had his team not made that terrible mistake on the pit stop to cost so much time, Suarez is probably right in the mix. We don't know what's going to happen there. You know, it's tough to project what would have happened, but he would have been in the mix for sure. Yeah. And how aggressive is he in that situation? That, oh, absolutely. Elliot, Elliot, too, when they both need wins. And Yeah. And yeah. I mean, you know, so with, with all the playoff bubble stuff that we've talked about, to have sort of three bubble drivers, one, two, three, trying to figure out how, how is this going to sort out? Is there going to be a late caution? Is somebody going to make a mistake? Is somebody, are somebody's tires going to fall off? Whatever. Um, and, 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 you know, we'll see a lead change. Um, that to me, I, I don't, I don't need the cautions. And so I, you know, I have people too that say, well, what about, wait a minute, Jeff, you just criticized Richmond, you know, cause you didn't, you didn't like that it played out green. Well, again, that's a short track. This is a road course. My expectations are different for a short track. So, this was, this was a great road race to me. I mean, you know, okay. Yeah. It could have been more action, but I was, I was never like, Oh God, this is so boring. I mean, well, I, I think, I yeah. think what it would differentiates this though, is it's refreshing in a way is we have talked so often about road course races recently, whether it was Indy here last year, actually last two years here at Indy, um, Coda, Chicago, even to some degree, um, so a lesser degree but some degree still of how they've become lack of a better term clown shows, right? Like yep. you know, guys are die bombing and crashing and endless caution after caution and overtimes and this and that. And you're like walking away going, okay, we like chaos. Don't get me wrong, but this definitely overstepped and it was too, you know, it was just too messy. This was, this was on the other end of the spectrum. Now, do I want this every single road course race? Probably not. Cause then we probably have the discussion about, you know, where, where's the action, that kind of thing. But, it was nice to have a race like this happen because we haven't seen it in a long time. And it, it, it was nice. It was a nice break from what the, what has become the norm where this was just about a, a driver who could best, who could best execute a team that could make green flag after green flag pit stop and not, and then not have a mistake. And it was just, this was fun. This was a great race in that respect. And I, and I, I, I don't want to see this every road course race. Cause I don't think that would be good. But I think it was a nice differentiation from what we have seen because this was this was this was this was a needed refresher. Look, I, I would take what we saw today over that Coda race in March ten out of ten times, or 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 the indie the previous indie road course races where, you know, again the restarts is just people throwing it in there and wrecking each other and over and over and you're just like there's no respect for anybody. Um, it's just restart after restart and they all pile in there and, and, and you know, that's why they moved the restart zone and stuff. Yeah. And which seemed to work well, well, by the way, well, we didn't get, we didn't really get that many restarts. Yeah, well, we, saw, we saw the Xfinity series race. Yeah. Though. I mean, like, I mean, it did seem to work and it, and it worked at Chicago too. So 
Yeah, um, I'm, we, and I'm I'm all in favor of it for sure. I do. I, I honestly, it's probably something you probably should do at every road course. And oh I, yeah. I, and I was we talked at Dakota. We were kind of brainstorming, and we we're like. I don't know what they're going to do. Well, no, no, I don't think you need it for every road course. So let me back up. I think you need the road courses where it's a really tight turn one, you know, a place like a Portland, a place like an Indy, a Coda. I don't need, I don't think you need to do that for like Sonoma or something. Um, You can have it. I don't know. I guess it depends on what you constitute as tight, but either way this worked and in kudos because it was a nice departure from what we've seen. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I like, craziness and chaos and you know the but coda was probably too much of that and what we've seen the last two years here at indy oof, especially last well i mean actually both years were were brutal in a lot of different respects and it was good to see it was it was just nice to see an old school sports it, this reminded me of a sports car race that's that's what that's what this was in a lot of respects yeah and you know i i do think you have a point that if this becomes a norm on road courses um you know maybe maybe that gets old after a while but again, like, especially this time of year, when we're talking about the importance of the playoffs, you just want things to be decided straight up. Yeah, you fair. want things to be, yeah. Like you don't like, here's an alternate scenario for you. Right. Um, let's say late in this race, you know, like let, let, Stenhouse, right. He, he booted Kobayashi. Um, let's say Kobayashi gets stuck. They got to call caution. I don't know how many laps were left when that happened, but, um, you know, like let's say there's a late caution and then Michael McDowell, who's dominated the race gets punted. Chase Elliott's leading another caution. Chase Elliott gets punted. Suarez, you know, suddenly, you know, I don't know. Somebody from fifth place has emerged as the winner. It completely changes the playoff format. It completely ruins all these, you know, you're just like, ugh. like, how do you take that as somebody who's looking for competition here and it, and you want sort of like, the best people to make it or the best people to be rewarded for a good day. And it doesn't always happen that way. I get that. That's sports. But like, you just don't want to leave with that feeling like, ugh, this, this was sort of cheap. Like this wasn't, this got messed up for some, somehow. No, um, I mean, the right guy won the race today. It yeah, deserved and, so. and, and, and it was, again, it's not a shot at anybody else talent level or whatever. It's just, he did the best job. His team did the best job. He had the best car. And so, Hey, like how many NASCAR races have we seen over the years where the best car doesn't win? It happens all the time. But in a situation like this, I'm perfectly fine with seeing this outcome, especially for a team and a guy that is really, you know, it's not like he wins like 10 races a year. I mean, this is for somebody to, to truly be deserving of, of putting themselves in this situation. Um, you know, you got handed to him and, and I think it's worth talking about that, that road for him for a minute. I mean, Go for it. Well, I, I just, you know, like, look, the guy, he starts off in open wheel, right? But then he, he goes to ARCA. Michael Waltrip Racing at the time was like sort of a fledgling organization. They put him straight from ARCA into one of their cars. Yeah. They're like, okay, let's let's see what you can do. He didn't even make it the full rookie season there. He had the big tumble, Texas, uh, Texas and all that stuff. And, you know, I it's it's one of those situations where it's like, okay, well he got thrown to the wolves. It didn't work out. He was totally in over his head essentially. And he was gone, you know, before the season was over. So then he spends the next, I think over four years or something starting parking. I mean, for Phil Parsons team, he did a little bit for Tommy Baldwin. Um, I mean, and then finally he gets sort of like a big break 
where he got hired by that 95 car, Levine Family Racing. But even then, that car was not what we saw toward the end of Levine no, Family Racing. No, they were, they, I think they were starting parking too for a while, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, they were off. I mean, they were, <laughs> they were, they were off, yeah. right? So, but yes, at least he were. was running with that team. So he sort of starts building that team up um, and he gets booted, right? Uh, so he goes to front row, uh, if I have my timeline right. But, um, and, and so he's had to build front row up obviously, you know, and gotten better and, and steadily progressed every year. And, you know, you were asking questions at the post-race press conference. Like, in, and I I see what your your line of thinking was. Like, hey, does this feel like an upset sort of underdog Cinderella story win for you? And, but it shouldn't. Right, but, I mean, they were saying no. And, yeah. and I agree. It's they, they had been putting themselves in position mm-hmm. to where this shouldn't have been a surprise if you were watching McDowell's progress this year. So I think that's a huge... That in itself is a huge comment. I mean, when they lost Blake Harris to Hendrick Motorsports, the crew chief from last year from McDowell, you're like, well, maybe that's why they were running so well. And now they've got Travis Peterson, first time crew chief, no experience. Well, so much for that, McDowell. And they've they've been better. I mean, it's they've they've continued their progress. So um, again, you can't say enough. I mean, I think he's been the, the story of the year in some ways. Um, because you know, like you can, you can look at the the drivers, you know, we, we talk about our playoff predictions. It, if we had sat there in February at our playoff predictions before Daytona and said, Michael McDowell will be in the playoffs. Um, in every scenario it would have been because they won some sort of fluky, you know, you know, yeah, I get maybe a road course, super speedway. They would have been outside the top 20 in points. They won their way in. They, they got a spot, right? But he's been in the he's been in the points. I mean, he's been in the conversation. Now they win to lock it up, but he's been all he's been super competitive. So again, super props to them. I, I don't know what they'll do in the playoffs, but they made it. They have done a really good job, and it's not an upset, but they have done a really good job of maximizing their cars every single week. If they have a tenth place car, that's where they finish, and they don't lose a lot of points. Travis Peterson has done a really good job on the strategy of, of getting track position. He's a, he's a very, very good crew chief at doing that. Now, a bit of a little bit at Richmond this year, he got a little too aggressive, and he'll tell you that. Um, but he's done a really good job of figuring that out, of how they can make gains. And like you said, Jeff, they have been running really, really well, um, almost to the point where their finishes aren't always indicative of how well they're running. And they it, it felt like at some point they were going to cash in, and this was it today. And it's we have seen this in this era of uh, this next gen car where you know mid-sized teams if you, you you hire the right people you get smart people talented people and you can do things and you can build a team into one that is consistently competitive and we have seen it with um track house which has gone from a, a fledgling team to borderline powerhouse in some respects we're now seeing it with front row um, we saw it last year uh, with which is now legacy. So it's just it's all of these teams that are you you can figure this out. You can hire good people. It's it's kind of reminds you a little bit of the moneyball approach and 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 baseball. You you know it's you look outside and you don't just go spend money. You figure out the right way to spend money, and if you can do that, you can build something. And you know whether you know we'll see if this has staying power or not. But the pieces are certainly there, and McDowell is a, a large part of that. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about the implications of this win because it changes things up now. So first of all, I think the big loser from today, and it's really, he didn't really do anything wrong, finished 18th, but Bubba Wallace, suddenly I think this sort of changes the whole tone of things because if you're Bubba Wallace, you had this nice 50 whatever point cushion, three races to go. You're thinking, man, I have really put myself, I have some great weeks here. I put myself in a great spot. Even if there's a new winner, I'm still kind of, you know, pretty far ahead of McDowell. I'm, I'm in good shape here. Well, now McDowell takes a spot. Suarez is the next one. Bubba is 28 points up on Suarez, but the right, the way Suarez ran today, that's, you know, you're like, okay, well, he's going to have a good run at the road course next week at Watkins Glen, he could win. Now, you're also looking at, like, Chase Elliott. That's the thing. Right. So that's that's the thing. is What we saw from to Chase Elliott today is a sign of things of, like, okay, they got speed, they found what they've been missing, and now they're going to Watkins Glen, which, by the way, they they do pretty well there, usually. Um, you're like, oh, that's, that's worrisome. And now that's a concern if Elliott can go there and win. And then, oh, by the way, after Watkins Glen, you got Daytona, where you don't know what's going to happen there. And we've seen it. We saw it last year. You you don't know. And it doesn't matter what you do. You're now at the mercy of other things that you can't control. That's a tough thing for Bob. I mean, he was, he said on Saturday that he was, you know, he's feeling pressure. Like, he he knows he has to make the playoffs. Like, the expectation is make playoffs. He feels like he's had a good season. They've let some things kind of get away from them sometimes. Good runs have not not materialized into good finishes. Richmond's a perfect example of that, where they let a lot of laps, and then they faded, and they ended up finishing 12th or something like that, and they just haven't been able to close out. And it's now getting to that point, though, where your inability throughout the year to close out good days is now potentially going to bite you, and that's a tough spot to be in. But here's the thing. Chase Elliott winning makes all of those, I mean, aside from Bubba not winning, any points that he left on the table, anything, makes make sure. completely irrelevant because he is so far back to the gap that is the Keselowski mm-hmm. and Harvick. Uh, mm-hmm. He's over 100, he's 115 yeah. points behind that battle. So that, even if he had had, you know, they've been able to maximize all their points short of winning, it's now, like you said, you're at the mercy. It has to be a completely helpless feeling because... You can go to Watkins Glen next week and say, "Hey, let's let's try to run top fifteen and get as many points as we can." Doesn't but if matter. Chase Elliott wins, there's nothing you can do about it, and you just got bumped out, and you got to go to Daytona and win. And I'll tell you what is also the other wrinkle of that because I, I after what I saw today, I'm going to think Chase Elliott's but, the favorite. He's, I was he's my pick. He's right. my, I, I was thinking that during the race today. I'm like, if Elliott doesn't win today. I think he goes to Watkins Glen and wins. Like yeah. I'll, I'll say right now, he's my pick. Yep. I no, I agree. He's going to go there as the the person to beat. Yeah, in my opinion, I agree. Yeah, yep. and maybe we're making too big of a, a a jump because of one race, but 
this just felt different today. Like they they qualified well, they raced well. This was a race from the nineteen we haven't seen. I couldn't tell you the last time we saw a race like this from these guys. Yeah, and, and this, especially I mean, it, it would be it would maybe be a different conversation, Jordan, if if it was like a month between road course races, and you're like, well, we don't know who's going to be. I mean, they're going next week. They are yeah. going. They take roll right into another road course race from here. So. I mean, I think you could take a lot from today and say, well, this kind of transfers over. This doesn't, I mean, so, and, and this is where it really gets interesting because after Michigan, we're like, well, it's pretty much a formality that like Harvick is going <laughs> to clinch. Um, and yeah. you know, Kozlowski will, will clinch all the stuff. Well now all of a sudden, so let's say in this scenario, let's say Suarez or Elliott wins at Watkins Glen. Okay. Now the cut line is up to, we're going to Daytona and the cut line is to yeah. Harvick and Kozlowski. Well, they're only separated by two points right now. Yeah. And only one of them gets in then. And only one of them gets in. Yeah. If, if, you know, yeah. So yeah. that is, wow. Like all of a sudden, like Harvick, both Harvick and Kozlowski have had these great seasons. Harvick mm -hmm. is max. I mean, again, you've done everything right except win. And you could get into a situation at Daytona where all of a sudden he's standing on pit road at the end of the race, looking up and be like, wow, I just got knocked out of the playoffs in my last season. Like what just, what in the world just happened? I mean, what a it, just crazy, but I mean, these are possible scenarios at this point. It is um, yeah, I go ahead. really quick on chase Elliott. I, this isn't just a one race thing. I just looked at the results. They had a really good run at Sonoma this year, finished fifth. Chicago, they used strategy and they got a lucky caution, but he still finished third. Like this is a team that all of their issues they've had this year, road courses are have not been a weak spot for them. So they are, and I'll say at Coda too, the nine car with Jordan Taylor driving qualified, I think fourth in that race. So this nine car has been really, really good on road courses. So it just emphasizes our point, which is like him next week. It's it feels like he's the man. And you, you said about the other uh, Brad and Kevin it's kind of starting to shape up like a scenario we saw last year where Martin Shrek Jr. and Ryan Blaney, who were both having top five point seasons, did one of those guys were going into Daytona had a really good chance of missing it. And that's where we're at right now. If what we think is going to unfold next week at uh, Watkins Glen happens, and then, you know, what happens at, at uh, Daytona and who ends up winning there. So, it's uh, it's it's gone from okay. We kind of figure this out. We know who's in, or we have a good idea who mostly's in. To, okay, maybe <laughs> let's pump the brakes a little bit here. Yeah, and I mean, I, you know, I would even throw in um, Alex Bowman as somebody who, I mean, he finished sure. fifth today. He could go win the Glen. I, I don't think that's out of the question. Um, Chase Briscoe looked like he hit on something today. Um, he he had to start further back than the cars he was racing with, but he got up to sixth. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's maybe some more wrinkles to come here that it seemed like it was a little bit settled in a way, but this, the way you I end the regular season with, um, two road courses and a super speedway, uh, all of a sudden that's, yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. It's good. It's fun. So, um, another storyline coming in today was obviously all about the ringers and um, Shane Van Gisbergen was coming back. Brody Kostecki, who's actually ahead of Van Gisbergen in the supercars points. Kamui Kobayashi, who was said to have this great test 
um, for 23.11, and everybody was very excited about the speed that he was potentially going to show. Jensen Button was back, Mike Rockefeller, Andy Lally. Um, ultimately, SVG comes through with another top 10. Uh, so he goes two for two in his top 10s. Um, by the way, SVG in his two starts has as many top 10s this season as Eric Almarola and Harrison Burton, and he has more top 10s this season than Ryan Priest. Um, in his two starts. So, uh, but you know, he, again, we, we didn't think that he was going to be able to dominate like he did at the Chicago street course. We already, you know, the drivers as well. I wrote a story this week on the athletic laid out what they thought the differences were going to be again. It, the Chicago street course, I think you, you have even more appreciation for what he did there now. Um, when you see how hard it was today, I mean, Again, the, you know, he was playing a little bit of catch up on this course. There was more room for runoff. There's more room to be aggressive and uh, not hit walls and things like that. It was going to be a tall order for him to come in and, and do anything close to what he did last time. But I think 10th is, again, super respectable, extremely yeah. respectable. It's just he already set a really high bar with winning. <laughs> um, so what did you think of his performance? It was good. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't Chicago, but we didn't expect it to be. I thought he'd be a little bit more competitive, but it's hard to quibble with a guy finishing, you know, finishing tenth in, in a second Cup start. And it didn't sound like the car was quite to his, you know, liking today. And that's going to happen. And and he still finished tenth with it is pretty impressive. Good day for Trackhouse overall with two of their guys uh, finishing in the top ten. But and then Chastain, by the way, another just another. Hmm. I didn't even think about him. Yeah, he was. Exactly. I never even thought about him all day. Yeah. And so, no, I was impressive. And it, I'll tell you what, I watched the truck series race on uh, the other night at IRP. I was really, really impressed with him. And I know, you know, he, he, he walked, I think he finished 19th or whatever in that race, but you could watch him throughout the race, get better and better. And there was one point there. It's like, he'd moved up and he's passing people on the outside and he's doing all these things. And you're like, this guy with some experience and just a little bit of seat time. You can see why people are so high on him, and why Trackhouse is is putting together a program for him to run NASCAR full time because he he is he is immensely talented. Yeah, and I think you know it's it's going to take a long time to learn ovals, and I don't know if he'll ever you know get up to speed in the way that you know the current Cup drivers are. But um, like you said, he's obviously extremely talented. His adaptability is is fantastic. Um, and I really like his attitude and his approach. It's interesting because I got some, you know, I tweeted this week about how it seems like it's just been so enjoyable to listen to him and his, all his interviews. And, um, I'm impressed. Like to me, it's like the little things, right? Like, you know, I, I, I noticed again, I, Steven Stump from frontstretch.com, right. He'll walk up to people and with his cell phone and say, Hey, can we do an interview? Right. And you know, there's like nobody around and probably would be easy for these drivers to blow him off. I mean, Shane Van Gisbergen, if he wanted to be, could be like, you know what? I'm three times supercars champion. I'm not going to talk to this dude. I don't even know who this dude is. He's by himself, you know, whatever. But, you know, he does a perfectly cheerful interview. Um, and, and you're just like, wow, he comes off really well. But then I got some, some tweets about it from, from down under, uh, in Australia. And, and people are like, well, you know, down here, he doesn't really like the media. <laughs> he gives sort of, short one word answers and doesn't seem to enjoy doing the interviews too much. And he actually, he himself referenced that in Chicago when we were talking to him in the bullpen that day, he's like, yeah, you know, I really like the, 
talking to the media here and it's just a different environment. I don't know what the difference is and it maybe he's like over it. No, I don't likeable. think that's not. Nah, I think that's fair. We're just likable guys. Dude. I don't, I don't think that's it, but you know, I, it seems like he's taken a whole different, um, fresh approach, um, to coming over here and it's a fresh start for him. He seems really excited about it. Enthusiastic. I think he'd be a great addition to whatever combination of series, whatever he's going to run. Obviously nobody's expecting him to, go out on ovals and, you know, go to Kansas or something and win. So, um, but you know, I think, I think it'd be great to have him around and, uh, it seems like good addition. I think just having these drivers in the field is a huge compliment to NASCAR, um, that people watch NASCAR racing and say, ah, you know what? I'd like to be a part of that. I want to try that. It looks fun. You know, whether it's Kobayashi or Jensen Button, um, you know, Jensen Button, he's, he's sped on pit road. Um, so that, that really cost him a lot of time. But had he not sped, I mean, he finished 28th. I mean, he, he could have gotten up to uh, probably around where Brody Kostecki was in 22nd. So And Rockefeller had a penalty, too, on pit road, and he you know didn't have a horrible finish today. Either. Yeah, he was 24th. Um, Kobayashi, I don't know. I mean, he did get spun, but it was sort of like he never really showed the speed that I thought he was going to show based on sort of like the hype. Like there was sort of this underground, like, man, you should have seen him at the test. Like, or this, this test he did, like he was lightning and like people were like, Ooh. And then it just, I don't know. It just didn't come together for him. But again, like that's, it shows you how hard it is. So it is hard. And there's a big difference. And Jordan Taylor said it, uh, Jensen Blunton said it after Coda, remember where there's a big difference between running in this car by yourself and running with other people around you because these guys will chew you up and they are very aggressive. Now we didn't have the number of restarts today that really where things really get chaotic, but it's, it's, it's a much different environment when you're in race conditions than in just on the track by yourself. Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. Um, but you know, it's cool. I, I think that, uh, NASCAR's, you know, international flair right now, um, with the, with the garage 56 thing too. I mean, they've got a lot of, they've got a lot of positive things going and, uh, the versatility, um, other drivers is, is something to talk about. And, and speaking of that, uh, let's talk about Kyle Larson. What a weekend. <laughs> Not a bad weekend for him, huh? I mean, Knoxville nationals. He wins the Knoxville nationals for the second time. And first of all, I, I, you know, if, if you know dirt racing or spin car racing, I'm, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I've seen enough replies that I think it's worth pointing out. I legit don't think there's another driver in the cup series field that could even make the a main at Knoxville. That's how hard it is to even make the race, let alone go out and win it. Um, I mean, Christopher bell is a great driver, but you know, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. You know, t- to make the A main um, consistently at Knoxville, it, that's extremely hard. You look at the people that miss. I mean, they're some of the best sprint car drivers um, in that B main and the C main. Uh, you know, it's very, it's very difficult. Um, so to get into the show is huge. To get into the show and start on the pole and lead all 50 laps against the best sprint car drivers in the world while you're going back and forth between a NASCAR cup series race to win it at one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> fly back to Indy, wake up, unveil your Indy 500 car for next year. Yeah. Um, and then go out and run a, run a full race and get a top 10 at a road course. <laughs> I mean, this guy, man, like, wow, this is a, uh, 
you, you, we sort of take it for granted at this point with Kyle Larson. Just be like, yeah, Kyle Larson. Oh, yeah, of course he does. Yeah, he's he's great. You know, he's he can win in anything. But like, dude, that's it's incredible, really. Is what the eighth driver to win multiple Knoxville Nationals, and I think the only the second guy ever to lead all fifty laps in the race. That's uh, it's it is remarkable. He is. His all-around ability is a marvel, um, and him running the Indy 500 next year is going to be fun to watch. I mean, just as a racing fan and what he can do, and it's kind of this thing of, yeah, I mean, is he going to win? I, I don't know, but it's you can't dismiss it. I mean, like I, I know it's all outlandish to say, um, but we've seen Fernando Alonso come over here and nearly win the Indy 500, um, so it's not like it's not that. It would be a shock, but it's not out of the realm of possibility because that's just but that just tells you what kind of talent he is. And he's a generational guy. And it's it's too bad we don't get to see him do more stuff across the board and different things because it, it is fun to watch. And it's gonna be cool next year to see what he does in the double. It's going to be uh, really interesting. Yeah, it's going to be a big story. People are probably going to be almost tired of hearing about it before May even starts. But <laughs> it's it's huge because, again, it's like. You're going there and you really feel like this guy could have a chance to to do something. I mean, he's gonna be with McLaren. You know, they're they're you they're probably gonna have great cars. You know, he's gonna be he's gonna have all the resources. He's gonna have great teammates helping him. Um it you know, Rick Hendrick's on board. You know, they they he's got full support in every way. And, you know, it's gonna be it's going to be something to watch. I think it's going to be really like eye opening to see the hype that, that goes into that. Um, to think like, could he win it? I mean, that's it's again, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but the next time we're back at Indy, he's going to be there. So yeah, pretty crazy. I don't know. That's, that's going to be a really, really fun story for next year. It is. Look forward to it. But there's a, there's plenty more stories for this year. One of which is like Ford, out of nowhere has suddenly won three races in a row. Um, after we're just like, ah, you know, four, just, you know, they've only won two races and what the first 21, um, just ah, Ford, what a down year for Ford. And again, like if you're going to fat, you know, rewind uh, a couple months ago and say, no, 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 wait, Ford's going to win three races in a row. We'd be like, who do you think it's going to be? Well, what teams even, I don't even make you say what driver. Well, okay. Penske is going to be one of them for sure. Yeah. Then I'll throw I'll throw a Harvick and Stuart Haas car, you know, in there for another one. And you know what? I'll probably say another Penske. Well, zero Penske, zero Stuart Haas. It's been two RFK and a front row for Ford. <laughs> I yeah, mean would not, would not have predicted that uh, at all. And yeah, it's it's really interesting where Penske's at right now because they look like an organization that's lost. Like Logano again today had a a race like this is just this is not his track <laughs> at, at all uh gosh and, i mean yeah two years in a row he's gone into turn one and just like yeah i mean what what yeah yeah he he had a rough start to this race and ends up finishing 34th yeah uh, he was fine but he wasn't didn't do anything great today by any means well he's lucky he didn't get back around aj allmendinger apparently well apparently but you know we'll yeah. say cindric yeah. had a Top 15, I mean. But you expect better out of him. Yeah, no, like, yeah. I mean, you expect much better on a road car. You expect much better on him. Penske's just not on it right now. They're they're missing something with their cars. Um, it's it's a little puzzling. I mean, 
we'll see what happens come the playoffs. But right now it's a search and Stuart Haas Racing continues to be an organization where it's like you just don't know what to expect week to week. Kevin Harvick today was not good at all. No, he he didn't even finish on the lead lap. I mean, yeah, you, you look at the you look at the uh the top three finishers for Ford today, and they were Michael McDowell, Chase Briscoe, and Chris Busher, which again, if you're gonna rewind a couple months ago, you just wouldn't have nope. Yeah. We just this is uh you know, for a season that seemed so predictable in some ways, um there's there's a few wrinkles uh that we didn't that we didn't quite see coming, I think, here. Um I do want to talk about Tyler Reddick real quick because I thought I, I predicted Tyler Reddick was gonna win this race. And you know, he Okay, you know, I picked AL, AJ Elmendinger, so I couldn't have done any worse. Well, boy, yeah. <laughs> um Reddick finished fourth, but it just didn't seem like they had the same speed that we thought they would have. So I don't really know what that means for Watkins Glen. I, I will say though, the AJ Allmendinger thing. Woo. I mean, you might as well just put a cap on that story. I, I don't see him winning the Glen at this point. Uh, no. I mean, hey, he his confidence is not well. AJ's a guy that if his confidence is high, he tends to do well. When it gets lower, he he can go the other direction. And that's where we're at right now. And that team is searching. You even look at the Xfinity Series stuff when he's doing that. I mean, he, he was fine in the Xfinity Series race yesterday, but he wasn't great. He didn't blow anybody's doors off, which is not what you would expect. You go back to Road America a few weeks ago in that Xfinity Series race. Again, fine, but didn't blow anybody's doors off. Um, that team is just off overall, whether it's on the cup side or the Xfinity side. And AJ, his confidence is low. And that was a that was a miss by me. And I I thought this stretch set up well for them. And I thought an opportunity to at least even get playoff points or, you know, uh, you know, pick up stage points and stuff. And they didn't even do that. That's that's a that's a big miss. There it's win or go home for them and I don't know. I mean, I guess Daytona is going to be it, maybe, if they're, because I don't think it's going to happen at Watkins Glen. Yeah, the whole Richmond conversation we had where we're like, what are they doing? They're giving up valuable potential points by having them race at Road America. It's irrelevant now. It doesn't matter now. Yeah. He is. He fell um, behind Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman in points today. He's that far out. So there's no chance of pointing his way in. And just a few weeks ago, he was right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, that, that happened in a hurry. Speaking of people that went the wrong direction, now, he ended up finishing 12th, but um, I think he got spun by SVG early, and uh, Ty Gibbs loses two valuable spots today. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he was on he was in the playoffs to start the day. Plus three, I think, right? Uh, yes. And uh, now he is, yeah, that, that was a big turnaround. NBC put up this graphic. I took a screenshot of it. Yeah, he was plus three before the race. Now he is minus 49. Yeah, he lost. The thing with him today is not only did he finish 12th where Suarez and McDowell finished ahead of him, he also lost stage points. Now, yeah. great rally, great rally back, but in a race where it goes green almost the entire way, you're not going to get that, that that track position back. And Yeah. Um, tough and day and for him. after he won the Xfinity race and knowing how good he is on road courses, I, I would have thought this could be a big day for him. Absolutely. I, I do um, think he's somebody to watch at Watkins Glen. Keep an eye on him there. We'll see. To win though? I'm not I'm not discounting it, man. I mean it's you know, why not? Who are your three top three favorites off the top of your head for Watkins Glen sitting here on Sunday night after Indy? Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Martin Trix Jr. So I will say Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, not in this order, because I'll say Chase Elliott yeah. first, Kyle Larson second, and then I'll say Michael McDowell. 
think Michael McDowell's pretty good at the sure. Glen too. He's going to have a lot of momentum. They just hit on sure. something. I think he could go out and have another great race. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really, yeah. Truex, he finished seventh today. We didn't really hear from him, but I'd still put Truex, Reddick. I mean, Reddick is still, yeah, Reddick, I mean, road yeah he's still, so. he's still, he finished fourth today. It's yeah. not like he was, you know, a bad day and you know, he finished fourth. That, that, that's pretty remarkable too. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not putting Ty Gibbs in my top five people who I think could go do it. That doesn't mean he can't, but again, no, you're yeah. like, I'm not even putting AJ Allmendinger in there. So it's, uh, yeah, he's, he's got his work cut out for him. Um, yeah. I really, boy, next week is going to say so much in terms of, I mean, it, it's going to have so many answers of what, what we need to look for at Daytona. It's, it's going to be, it could go completely one way, the other way, like, man, um, to be this late in the season, the regular season and, and have, uh, Sort of, sort of so much in doubt still is it's it's fun it's fun to have stuff to talk about i think the the playoffs this format you can complain about the playoffs and i've done my share of that over the years for I would, sure i'm shocked that you've complained yeah but shocked. it has really made the what they have right now with the combination of the playoff points mm-hmm. and the win and you're in and all that stuff is is really made the regular season so much more fun like we used to get to the summer stretch People teams would basically take it off. Well, it was worth. Like, I mean, you didn't really need to do anything. Like you, if no, you knew like, you were in the playoffs, they were, and they were experimenting, and it was. I think this system. I, I love. I love. It. I think it's the best of both worlds, where you have the mentality of you have to like what winning is so important, and winning carries this big bonus of getting in the playoffs, and so there's an intensity of that. But you also have the old school race one to race 36 mentality of, you know, you want the most points possible. Consistency still matters. Running well every week matters. There's a reward for winning the regular season championship. I, I think it's a, I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. I think NASCAR has done a really good job of this. And all of the versions that we've seen since the playoffs started in 2014, I think this is, and this regular season is the best combination of that. And I honestly would not make any changes to it whatsoever. Would you make any changes? Um, to the no stage caution things. Cause, because, um, you know, there, there was some talk about that today. I personally wouldn't, I thought it generated some interesting storylines. Um, like for instance, you saw Denny Hamlin not pit at all in the first two stages and milked his fuel, um, to, to get his playoff point. Um, which had there been a stage break, had there been stage breaks, I mean, that strategy doesn't really, you know, cause the whole field pits, yeah. whatever it flips, you know, it's so predictable. You're yeah, we had two strategies. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Um, now again, like did the strategy with, you know, play an outcome in the, in the, in the win? No, I, I don't think that really everybody that, you know, there was no like big shocker cause there was no real late cautions or anything like that. But no. I thought it was interesting to see different people trying different things early. Like, um, I, I, I am fine. Not, I, I'm not going to go back now. I guess what I'm saying. Like, I'm not going to, yeah. I'm on the record on this podcast. I, I want to get rid of stage breaks everywhere. Like, I don't yeah, like, I don't know about that. I don't, that. That. I don't, know I don't that. think they do anything. What, why, what, what is the, what, why? Give well, me I think some reason, race, some races you do need, um, you do need to bunch the field back up again. I, I don't like it. I, it doesn't do anything for me. I don't like the random call. I don't, it feels kind of, that's not, not random because we know they're coming, but it's just like, no, like that, that's how the racing plays out. If there's not a caution that that's just how it is. 
We don't need to make something artificial to juice it. If the product isn't good enough, and again, you don't necessarily even need cautions to, to have good race. We had a good race today without caution, so it can happen. Um, and then, you know, if you, and I, and I get it, you know, restarts and passing and all of that stuff, fine, but I, I don't think they have done anything to really enhance the product or make it that much better. Um, they really, they don't really feel like it's health on the television side of saying, Hey, you know, we've got, we're going to air the commercial, more commercials during these breaks now than missing green flag racing, which I don't think has happened. Um, and to the, your point, Jeff, I agree. The strategy element is, is great. And whether you're at here at a road course, which is now you, you, the playbook is open for crew chiefs, whether it's a Richmond, which we saw, uh, which has been great without stage break, whether it's a Pocono, whether it's in Indianapolis next year where they're racing on the Oval of Michigan, super speedways too. Like I can go on. There's a lot of racetracks where I don't want, I don't need stage breaks. I just don't need them. And so when I start piecemealing this and saying, yeah, super speedways and Pocono and Indy and, and the road courses, well, we're up to, I don't know what, a dozen tracks at that point, dozen or a dozen races. I, you just got to say, screw it. We, 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 let's just get rid of it all together. I'm not opposed to um, to trying it at a few places, but I I really don't think that it would be good everywhere. Um, you know, again, like let's say the you know a Las Vegas race that has two races a year, maybe you try it for one, no no stage breaks. Try you yeah. know go ahead and do the other. Yeah. But I mean, I think a big part of some of these thrilling thrilling. Um, you know, intermediate tracks over the last few years have been because of the restarts. So if you take away a couple restarts, um, you know, it's, it, you yeah. know, you, somebody gets out to a 10 second lead. It's, it's one thing to do it at a road course where you think, okay, the strategy could change or somebody could spin or you, you just don't know. But nah, don't if know. your product is such to a point where the best thing is the restarts, like, well, that's how it? it's been though. That's about that. That was the whole 550 package. That was, I mean, that's been, it's, it's been like know. that for a while, but I don't know. I don't, and I won't see, I don't know. I just, I don't think I, I need to, I need to see a good case of how they make the product better. And I don't think they do. That's fair. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I could be convinced to see your side. I just don't know if that's the right move at this point, but, um, I could be, I could be convinced. All right. Um, so this was, uh, you know, another, IndyCar double header weekend. Did, it, did that do anything for you with the IndyCar presence there before they go mm -hmm. back to the oval uh, next year, which won't be yeah. a double header, obviously? Yeah. I was talking to a lot of folks about this. So I was thinking about writing it and everything. And um, there's a little bit of, I don't want to say sadness is the right word, but there's a little bit of, we're going to miss this. You know, this is a cool thing. I've, everybody coming together. It's the one time of the year. It's, it's unique. It feels like a celebration a little bit. The crossover is cool. I know it's kind of cliche a little bit at this point. Of, you, know, you got the NASCAR drivers hanging out in the IndyCar garage, and IndyCar drivers doing this over the NASCAR garage, and all the interactions and everything. I, I think it's cool, and it's going to be unfortunate that it's not going to happen next year. Now, I support the move going to the Oval. We talked about that on last week's episode. I'm fine with that. It makes sense, but I would like to see this continue somewhere else um, in the future. That's not going to happen next year, um, from what I've been told, anywhere. Um, but in 2025, I, I think it's worthy uh, to explore doing this somewhere because I just think it's a good thing for motorsports. And I think if you're a race fan, it's like yesterday was a pretty cool day to be at the racetrack. When I mean, you saw the Xfinity Series race, you saw IndyCar race, you saw the cup cars on the track. Like, that's a pretty cool show. And, I, you know, you could lay it out differently. I, I think running the IndyCar race 
and uh, the Cup Series race on the same day would be is worth trying to see what that's like. But I just think this weekend is an event, and it, we talk a lot about events and making weekends special. That's what having this combo weekend did. I, I don't know. You know, the first year I was really, really excited about it. And then it was like the very next week. Um, I, I think I think it was the very next week they had the races on head to head at the exact same time. <laughs> and that really soured it for me. I'm, I'm not even kidding because I was like, wait a minute. You know, they just spent all this time hyping it up. Motorsports is all, you know, you're just a motorsports fan in America. Like everybody like all forms of racing and they're all different. You can appreciate them all and look at this crossover and look, see NASCAR guys like IndyCar, IndyCar guys like NASCAR, blah, blah, blah. And, um, then it was like, oh yeah, next week, um, they're on the exact same time, even though NBC has both the properties and we could have somehow scheduled this differently. But, um, and I was just like, oh, so what was, what was this whole love of, all motorsports then like you're, you have them in direct competition again. And I don't know, ever since then, it's just been kind of like, ah, I just feel like it's a little bit, um, disingenuous or, or something. I don't know. But, um, that's a TV thing though, more than anything. I mean, that's not well, an IndyCar the, NASCAR but the, thing. The TV is, is what's made this happen, right? Like NBC has both properties and I don't know. It just, I, I just ever, I, I just haven't been able to get into it. And, and I love IndyCar. But then them having a combined weekend didn't really do anything for me. I don't know. It's just, I that said, what, I haven't, I haven't gone to, I didn't go to any of the Brickyard yeah. road course races. I, don't think, so. I just think, I think it is, I think it is as a fan, I think it is cool to have these two major series at one track, especially here at Indy, which is, you know, obviously it's Indianapolis. Um, it's special and it's unique and it's not something you see. And it, it's, I think it's going to be missed and, yeah, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see where, when it comes back. Like, I do think it will come back. Um, how that how that looks. Um, is there anything else from your uh, your list of notes? I, all my Let's notes see. went. I went through. Uh, I mean, we we talked about it a little bit, but this is a missed opportunity for Suarez and that ninety nine team. And that seems to be the case this year, where their execution or lack thereof has bitten them many, many times. And he doesn't have a win. He is on the outside of the playoffs. And I think it's a bad look when you miss the playoffs, you're not winning races, your teammate, now Chastain has certainly cooled off. There's no doubt about that, but he does have a win. He did lead the point standings for a good chunk of this season. And you know, who knows what he's going to do in the playoffs again. And you're Suarez entering a contract year and you may miss the playoffs. And oh, by the way, um, the new Apple in everybody's eye at Trackhouse, or new, what is it? Not Apple in the eye, but uh, the, the new uh, the new flavor over at Trackhouse, SVG, is coming over here to America and going to run full time or full to NASCAR full time next year, presumably with the intent of running Cup Series full time in the not too distant future. Um, that would be a little worrisome if I was Daniel Suarez. Yeah, I feel like they still value him a lot. Oh um, no, no, yeah, they do. And, they they do, but I you mean, know he 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 gets their sponsors excited for sure. Um, I I agree but, with all of that. Yeah, but, but yeah, I mean he's he's seventeenth in points, and his teammate's seventh in points. Yeah, um, and his teammate had been higher than that, like you said at times, and and you know, 
Yeah, it is I'm tough, not... but uh, again, this today wasn't his fault, obviously. No, so no, no, no. But it's just it's just part of it, though. And and Justin Marks, I will say, was praising him afterwards, saying that this was the best all around race Suarez has done since Trackhouse. I mean, and he was you know he wanted to know obviously, so that's a high praise. And Suarez did everything right today. It wasn't his fault, but it just it does speak to the fact that the, there is a significant performance gap between their two teams, and that. If he missed the playoffs, that's only going to be – it's not a good look. I just don't think it's a good look. I mean, you could argue the performance gap has flipped, though. I mean, eh, I mean, again, you were talking about Chastain was 17th today. Didn't hear from him. Um, Suarez was the one who won the poll. And sure, but that's, that's, one, that's one weekend, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, he did finish sixth at Michigan, and that's fine, but there's just been – a lot of times this year where it's been it's been stark. So we'll see what happens. So Jordan, speaking of Stark. How can I say one more thing really quick? Yes, go ahead. Chris uh made a lot. We talked about this a lot. I wrote about it this week on the athletic. Chris Busher's top ten streak ended today at eight. So that was the other thing I had on my list. For road courses. Yes, for right? road courses. Excuse yes, me. Yes, and he was eleventh. So he almost <laughs> did it. <laughs> he almost did it. He almost did it. All right. Go ahead. Go on a gloat about the poll. That's fine. Go for it. Whatever. Yes, don't you knew care. what was coming. No, I don't care. It's fine. Um, Big picture. So, after the Chicago Street Course, mm-hmm. uh, Big Joe Wall seventy two has been keeping these tallies for us. I looked back. You were up twelve to six. That was mm-hmm. just last month. It is now twelve to eleven. I've won yeah. five in a row. Yeah. You you have made a bet where you may have to wear my fashion choice at the Daytona 500 next year, if I win in the playoffs and yeah, if you don't, yeah. if you don't hold me off these next two weeks, all you, you need is more. one. Your magic number has been one mm-hmm. since Chicago. Yeah, all you yeah. do is win one more race. Yeah, we're fine. You've no got worries. two, two more chances to get one win. <laughs> Otherwise, if I win out, I'm getting a playoff bonus point. I'm starting up the playoffs one zero yeah. and I'm going to be already thinking of what to buy at target or Costco, as John Newby from NBC oh. Sports messaged me, he said, I usually look at Costco, too, to buy clothes for Jordan to wear for oh, Daytona 500. So uh, you better pick it up here, Jordan. You better win this week and just put an end to this conversation. No, it's good. It makes for good content. That's what I'm here for. Okay, well. That's, you know, I'm just here to – if I'll keep losing, it makes for better content the next couple of weeks. That's what I'm here for. Um, so it's 12 to 11. I won again, so I have to go first. This is going to be very difficult – uh, this is a, this is a hard one. I think this is a pretty hard one. Um, because there's really not a lot of comparable races like this. Steven Stumpf again from front stretch noted that this was the first one caution race in NASCAR since 2012. Um, obviously it's, you know, there's been stage breaks, so you, you can't have one caution anymore for the most part, but also there has been some races with no natural cautions. So it, it's, it's a little bit weird, but still like, Fact is, there was one caution today. Um, so uh, we had talked earlier in the show. Some people liked it. Some people didn't. Some people appreciate it playing out naturally. How many people are going to be on my side? How many people are going to go, ah, this was too boring? That's that's really, it's really tough. Really tough call. Um, I don't have like a great feel for it. Um, I, I'm going to say 71%. Cool. What, what are you going to say? 69%. Now, what, what's your thinking there? 
I agree. I, I think it's really hard to, uh, to gauge. You're going to have some people that are going to like it because it had an old school flavor to it. It played out naturally. It didn't have the theatrics and it didn't have the craziness and the clown show element to it. But there's going to be other people like, where was the passing? Where's the excitement? Why? We had a guy who I, I have to go back and look. I don't have it in front of me, but they're really, I mean, outside of green flag pit stops, how many actual lean changes were there? Right. Um, I think you're going to get that. And I, that's a fair, that's fair. And I, and like I said earlier, you have this race on the regular on road courses, people are going to be up in arms. People aren't going to want this. And, but I do think there's going to be some people that appreciate this. So um, I'll say 69. Are you just trying to make everybody riding their cars right now go nice? <laughs> Why would they say that? I don't get it. What's the way no. I don't get the connotation. I don't know. Can you explain? Um, so, yeah, there was there was ten lead changes overall, but again, like a lot of those were for green flag, yeah, green flag cycles and and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. All right, well, Watkins Glen next week. Be fun. See what happens, and then Daytona. I'll reunite with you. Can't wait. Be good. Well, uh, our playoff picks are when we at, on Daytona night when we look at our playoff picks back from previous Daytona. It ain't going to be pretty for us this year. Uh, no, I had Kevin Harvick missing. So that, that looked, well, we didn't have Stenhouse. We didn't have McDowell. No, no. I had Austin Dillon in the playoffs this year. So that's okay. That's not a terrible pick. Well, <laughs> are you sure? No, I'm not. I mean, he's made the playoffs what four times, five, you know, he's, you know, yeah. it's not horrible and he's made it on points before. So now I'm curious. Now I gotta go look and see. No, we'll, we'll, we'll look later. I, I can't do that to myself yet. But I gotta look. Anyway, everybody, uh, thanks as always for listening, and we will talk to you next time on the Teardown. See you, everybody. Bye.